Welcome back to Brazil Crypto Report. Today we're joined by Hai Awad, who's one of Brazil's leading Web3 educators. We talk about Hai's journey from TradFi to crypto, engaging Brazilians on social media, and the life of an independent content creator. Great. So we are here today with Hai Awad, who is one of the top Web3 content creators in Brazil. Great to have you on the show. Hey, nice to be here as well. Amazing. So to get started, why don't you tell us a bit about just yourself and your journey into crypto and Web3? Okay, so my name is Hai, which is really weird saying it in English because... You know, <laughs> hi, so hi. my sister, yeah, my sister always says, hi, hi. <laughs> um, but just to clarify, it's R-A-I, but in Portuguese, the R sounds like an H, so it's hi. <laughs> um, and that's how I introduced myself. Um, I used to work with marketing. I worked a lot of years um, in a lot of different places. The last place I worked at was Itaú, which is a big bank here um, in Brazil. And that's when I found out about crypto. Um, I first started in crypto through crypto games. Um, I started in April 2021 um, when I started playing some Axie Infinity. <laughs> My husband came to me and he was like, let's, let's invest a couple thousand dollars in this game so we can get some money. And I was like, you're crazy. No, we're not going to do that. Um, but I was really curious about how it worked because he kept talking about it. He already knew about crypto. He used to do some trading. Um, he already invested in some crypto, but I was totally out of it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but when he came to the games, he was the one that uh, I, I used to have more time. I mean, I was at um, a stay-at-home mom at the time. My daughter was like nine months old. Um, not that I had a lot of time on my hand because I had a baby to take care of, um, but I had a little more time than he did to actually play the game. Um, I don't know who played Axie in 2021. We did have a lot of activities to do throughout the day, so it, it took a couple of hours. Um, at first, I was like, no, you're crazy. We're not going to do that. I'm not going to put money into it. We're just going to lose our money. But then I started researching. Um I speak English, so for me, it was easy to find a lot of content about NFTs and about Axie, but I did see that there were no content in Portuguese about Axie at all, um, and there were mostly men talking about it, like almost no women talking about the, the subject. So I saw there an opportunity to, at least at first, I wanted to like at least start translating some of the videos and giving credit to people like who were making the video, but... I started learning a lot and getting really into it. Um, so I started creating content on YouTube about my experience in crypto games because I first started in Axie, but right away I was like, hmm, if there's this one game that is giving this much money because it was paying a lot back then, um, there must be others, right? So I started doing a lot of research. I started getting into other crypto games uh, and I started sharing my journey on YouTube. And it was it was really good. That's how I started like creating content on Web3 while I worked at, at a bank, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. Um, and I used to work like a nine to five. And then at night I used to um, record my videos and I had my daughter to take care of. So it was a crazy year, like doing all of this. 
Wow. So, so you really went down the rabbit hole pretty hard then uh, on the crypto gaming front um, yes. and you went into Axie and then that sort of spiraled into some other games. And, over 70 um, games. Over 70 games. Oh, wow. Okay. That's... <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Very impressive. It was crazy. Very impressive. Very impressive. Um, yeah. I, I've only done a handful of these things I've actually tried out personally. I've, I mean, I followed the space, but I've never really... I, mean, I guess I'm not really a gamer. I, I, I just never really been into games all that much. Well, the weird thing is I'm not a gamer. Like I, oh, really? I got into crypto games because of like money. That That's why I started. Um, but then it was just easy once you like knew what to look for in a game. Like back then, mm. we knew it wasn't going to last forever. So if you knew like the right time to get into the game and get out of the game, it was easy to make some money. Like on the bull market, you just threw $10 and then the universe gave you back like 50. So anywhere you put money, you would get money. You just needed to know what you were doing. I lost yeah. a lot of money too. I lost a lot of okay. money too. Good, good disclaimer. Good disclaimer, right? It's a, there was a time when you could just throw $10 in and it would, you know, boom, bah, right? It would just go to the movie. Yeah. Right? But those, those, those days aren't, we're not really in that season right now. Um, well, so why don't you talk a bit about how your audience has kind of evolved and your channel has evolved since then? Um, and, you know, what does your audience look like now? And like, who are these people that are following you? And uh, you know, maybe what are they most interested in learning about? Uh, and why are they maybe following you versus, you know, there's no shortage of, of, of crypto, you know, YouTuber people, I guess, like, like, what, what, what are kind of you at? What are you what value are you bringing to them that they may not be able to find elsewhere? That's a great question. Um, so for a whole year, um, from August 2021 to um, August 2022, I used to talk just about crypto games because that's what was up, right? That's what I was into. That's what I used to study. But then the content I really wanted to make when I started doing crypto content was educational. I wanted to teach people about it. I wanted to teach people how to create a MetaMask and how to buy crypto and all of that stuff. But Every video I used to post about that subject didn't get like used to get like 100 views. And then I used to post a video like I spent a thousand dollars on this crypto game and it used to get like 20,000 views. So I kind of had to make the content that the audience wanted to see. Um, but once crypto games started like slowing down a little bit before the market started slowing down, crypto games went down like way before. Um, I started studying other areas. So I went from crypto games to NFTs and I started studying a little bit more about like our NFTs, how did it work, how people were making money. And back then I used to do live streams as well. So I used to live stream on Twitch every night, basically. Um, so we went from crypto games to NFTs. Um, and then NFTs started like going down with the market as well. Um, and I saw an opportunity to start making the content that I actually wanted to make. So educational content. Um, I Right now, today, my content is mostly on um, Instagram, short videos. I do post a lot on YouTube shorts as well. But on YouTube shorts, you can only have a video up to 60 seconds. Um, and on Instagram, it can have 90 um, seconds. So a lot of the videos don't make it to YouTube. But right now, my focus is mostly on short content and educational content. But something that I do a lot as well is go to events. I go to a lot of in real life events. I went to, I don't even know how many events I went in the last year, like a lot. <laughs> there were only two in real life events in Brazil that I did not go to this year. So I go to a lot of events. <laughs> um, and I think that's a content that 
even though there are a lot of content creators that go to the event, they don't bring a lot of value to their viewers. Like they just show what they're seeing, but they don't actually like say how the event was and if it's worth it for them to go or not. Because a lot of these people are like paying for tickets and they want to, they're traveling to go to the event and they kind of want to know what goes on. Um, so I try to make a lot of those videos, like showing my experience in the event, sharing what I saw, what was nice, what wasn't. So I make a lot of videos, like a lot of event coverage today as well. Got it. So you're, it's your, your focus really like educating on just kind of the broader, just sort of nuts and bolts, bread and butter of like what, what, you know, the crypto economy is, but then also doing some market research on like, okay, like you have limited resources as somebody, you know, there's a lot of events in crypto and we can't obviously go to all of them, but like hi is here to sort of curate yeah. and tell you which ones are maybe worth going to, which ones maybe are not worth going to, or which, which you should go to. If, if this, if you're interested in X subject, then this is probably a good event to go to. Yes. Um, Every time I go to an event, I open like a question box on my Instagram and I ask the audience, what do you want to know about this event? Like, I'm here right now. Tell me what do you want to know? Um, and I keep answering the questions like as I'm in the event, like through stories. But I also do like short videos after, like including some of these questions so I can tell the audience as much as I can about the event. Uh, shifting gears here a little bit. Um, how do you think the the your audience has maybe changed a bit or maybe the interests of your audience have changed you know from when you started when obviously it was uh, a different uh, season and now uh, the money making get rich quick sort of season is as has passed us unfortunately and now it's really more of uh this is almost i almost view these bear markets as a time to um you're like okay like this is time i can really i don't have to check prices every 10 minutes i can kind of focus on just learning something a bit more in depth that i didn't have time to before um, or maybe, or, or you, you have people that, that probably take that approach. Then you have people that will just sort of leave the market altogether and go on to the next thing like AI or whatever the next you know, sort of hype train, uh, topic is. Uh, but how, how do you see your audience? Uh, how has the interest of your audience shifted over this time period? And do you still find that there's a lot of interest in, uh, some of these kind of core web three topics, uh, even, to, even though the, 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 you know, the prices are not, uh, really like super favorable right now. Um, that's a good question because I did see a lot of shift. Like a lot of people that used to follow me back then when I used to talk about games and NFTs and stuff, um, they just disappeared. Like they don't talk to me. Like they just disappeared from crypto. And a lot of them send me messages. They're like, oh, I see you're still in crypto. Like what's going on with the market? Because I haven't done anything in like a year. Um, a lot of people still send me those messages. So I do see that the people who follow me now, like that do watch my content and interact with me are more people who are really interested. Like they're not here for the quick money because they don't even know it's possible to make quick money because they weren't here in the last bear market. So um, people who are following me now are more people that want to learn like the basics, like how do I start in crypto? How do I create a wallet? Um, what is going on in the crypto world right now? And I really appreciate that because it, it is the content I wanted to make like back then, but it, I just couldn't get out of just games because there was so much going on in games and people demanding so much to know, like I needed to be so updated. Um, and in a day, everything could change. Like you could get into a game like in the morning and then at night, the game didn't exist anymore. So um, it, it was even different for me. Like the, the content creation, um, rhythm was a lot of was, was really different because back then you had to be like on top of everything 
all the time. There was no time for me to look at anything else. And right now I have more time to actually study the topics that I want to get um, more into and to actually teach the audience the basics so they can know what to do once the bull market comes back because we know we, it will eventually. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the thing is like, how do you build out your your tool set or your tool belt or your repertoire of, of uh, kind of uh, just skills and abilities and knowledge so that when the, the next bull market comes, you're in a position to take advantage of it and you're not kind of kicking yourself like, oh, I wish I would have learned about that back when the price was, when there was no hype around it, right? Um, yeah. How do you go about um, educating or, or talking to your audience about maybe some of, you know, kind of just balancing the risks and rewards of the space? I mean, we've, we've obviously, you know, I think the I mean, this is this is this is a market of extremes, right? It's like you're either making extreme money, or you're losing extreme money, or there's like there's there's always some kind of uh, uh, sort of existential risk that you're running into, um, and it this is the type of thing that it it can scare away a lot of new believers, I guess, or or, or potential uh, believers if 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 it's not really presented properly, and obviously there's. Um, you know, sometimes the, the media and, and just sort of general, the general public isn't, doesn't necessarily present a favorable image of this industry either. But how do you kind of go about presenting like the, like the benefits, but also the risks, but also, but trying to kind of strike that like healthy balance? Yeah, I think it's important for people to know that anything that looks too good to be true, it is. <laughs> so it, it's kind of difficult to like, um, a lot of people come into crypto thinking that they're going to be rich like from because of the promises that a lot of content creators actually make like let's get rich just pay for my um like 3 hour course and then you'll be able to get rich like that does not exist if it sounds too good to be true it is um so i think the most important thing is like just take advantage of how the market is right now and actually educate yourself on what you want to focus on like it is impossible to be on top of DeFi, nfts crypto games like there are a lot of things going on inside of crypto it's not just cryptocurrencies um there are a lot of different paths you can take and it is impossible for one person to be on top of everything so if there's a topic that you actually like you actually enjoy and you want to learn more about just focus on that and the basics are good, like for crypto, for example. I know about crypto, um, but I usually do just the basics, like Bitcoin, Ethereum. I do have a couple of other um, cryptos that might do good in the future or might not, but I do have them in my portfolio. Uh, but I just invest in basics. And I know that there are a lot of content creators that are more focused on crypto. So they study every day, like new cryptos that are coming out where they can put money in before it even hits the market and stuff like that. So it's just important to know what you want to do, like not because there are a lot of options. So make sure you know what you want to do and study that and study hard. Like, so, you, so it is easier to make decisions once the bull market hits. Right. Um, so, you, you know, the basics to make smarter decisions. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it does get overwhelming if you're trying to just sort of drink from the fire hose of all these things that are shooting at you, like NFTs and games and DeFi and Bitcoin maximalism and whatever. And trying to trying to go beyond the surface level in any of these areas is, is quite difficult, um, especially if you're trying to do all of them together. Um, so that's a good that's a good point. It's sort of narrow in, maybe hone in on one thing you find particularly interesting and, and sort of dive in that. Um, Maybe talk a bit about uh, your. You're mentioning earlier how you, you've you're, you've kind of 
shifted doing most of your content on Instagram. Um, and maybe talk a bit about like what channels have you found to be like most productive as far as generating engagement. And um, I would also be interested, I know you lived in the U S for some time as well. So I'd be interested in your, in your, uh, your perspective on um, what's, what are the main differences in, I guess if we can use the term like influencer culture, uh, quote unquote, uh, between like Brazil and, and the U S and we obviously both cultures have their sort of these types of personalities and content creators that educate about this stuff. But do you see any, any different, like what, what, would, what would be the main differences between uh, how, how this type of activity is undertaken in Brazil versus maybe in the U S or, or maybe more English speaking uh, cultures? Nice. Um, so first talking about the platforms, like I did YouTube, I did Twitch, um, I did TikTok, I did Instagram, Twitter. So I've tried it all and I still try it all. Like I still, I'm still a little bit inside of each of these platforms. Um, so at first I used to think like if you had one content, like before I used to do live streams, I do live streams and then I can get just one small part of my live stream, make that into a YouTube video and make that small part into a Instagram video that translates into a short and into a TikTok and goes into Twitter, it does it. <laughs> um, each platform has its own different type of public. Like, and if you're not creating content for that specific platform, people know. So they're not gonna engage um, with your content the same way. So it's also important for you to focus in one platform um, and make sure you learn all you can about the platform. They're really different. The platforms, like the way they engage, the way you have to engage with viewers, the way you have to interact with whoever is watching you. Like there was this one time I used to do live streams and I used to live stream simultaneously in YouTube and Twitch. It did not work. Twitch only worked once I stopped doing YouTube with it and just focused on Twitch because the way you need to engage with viewers on Twitch is really different from the way you have to engage with viewers on YouTube. So it's important for creators to understand that like each platform is different. So you need to create specific content for each platform you need, you want to be on. So, it, so it's not just a question of uh, kind of figuring out how to sort of game the algorithms of each particular platform and trying to figure out how they rank and prioritize, but it's also uh, 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 like the the, the 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 users of those platforms have kind of different expectations uh, as far as like I'm you know maybe if I'm going to like LinkedIn I'm expecting something more sort of serious and professional businessy, yeah. but if yeah. I'm going to if I'm going to Instagram I'm expecting uh, some kind of you know more kind of just quick fun thing and if i'm going to you know twitch i'm going i'm expecting something that's um i guess i've never really used twitch before so i don't know what the, hours and hours of live streaming like you need <laughs> okay. to do at least three hours of live streaming oh, wow. a day okay. if you do just one hour it's not enough um it's like a tv channel like people use twitch like a tv so they have a bunch of um each um influencer that you follow each person that you follow each channel that you follow um, they stay like on, on the side there of your screen. So you just, once they're on, online, you can see they're online. So you just click through, um, you don't need like a link for this specific live stream. You just go to that person's channel and you see if they're online or, or not. Um, so Twitch is like hours and hours and hours of live streaming. I used to do three to six hours a day. Um oh back when I worked at the bank, like once I stopped working and just started focusing on content creation, at first I was like, well, I'm going to spend my whole day doing live streams. 
But then I realized like the I wasn't getting as much value for the time I was putting into that. So I decided to stop doing live streams on Twitch because it's a lot of effort. Like if you're not there every single day for like hours and hours, you don't get anything. So mm. it was, it's a, you need to be really like dedicated. It, it works a lot for gamers because people just play games like the whole day. So you can just live stream the whole day. Um, for crypto, it was kind of hard. Like we, we used to, when once when the bull market was on, it was really easy because there was a lot of things to see, a lot of things to do. There are only a, f a few um, crypto people on Twitch. They're still doing it. Like there's this one guy mm. that he still does crypto Twitch, but he did start doing a lot of casino as well because casino kind of took over um, everything. Um, but yeah, it, each platform it. has a different public and they expect to see different things. Right, right. And then so for your audience, or maybe maybe just extrapolating to be just like Brazilian people, I guess, that are interested in crypto generally, um, where do you find that the, and we're talking about more like the retail crowd, not necessarily like, you know, people that work at digital asset departments and banks or something like that, but just kind of your retail crowd uh, interested in learning more about this. I mean, where do you find that these people, like where do these people get their information from about about uh, this industry? I mean, obviously they could watch your channel, but like in addition, like where are they? Where do you find these people are are finding their information? Well, um, I feel like a lot of people like look for information online, but the difficult the the hard thing is to find information because right out right who doesn't Google something like who walks around looking for a store instead of going in online and like searching for that specific thing that they want? So. Um, I do find a lot, a lot of people that are like following me, they find me either like looking for crypto stuff on like Instagram or some other platform, or they meet me in real life in events. So I do see a lot of people that go to these events, these crypto and NFT events are people that don't really know much about it. They want to learn. So they go to the event to like watch the talks and talk to people and learn a little bit more about the um, environment. Got it. Got it. Um, and then um, I guess just going back to my earlier question about like, if, if you have any thoughts on the difference between like the U S and Brazil sort of uh, you know, quote unquote influence or culture. Yeah. What I see a lot is that I, I this my, it's just my impression. Okay. I might be wrong about it, but in English we have, a lot of different content like there's a lot of people creating content in in english um people even ask me like why don't you create content in english like you speak english what are you doing creating content in portuguese um but it's because i want to bring this content to brazil like the content even though like a lot of people speak english the content in english comes first like if you look for some crypto news it's going to be some news that were posted like first in um, an English channel and then it was translated to Portuguese. So I feel like news are kind of slower to get here in Brazil. Like in a lot of the crypto content is originally made in English, right? Um, I think that gives me a little bit of, a, of an advantage because I do watch and I follow a lot of these um, crypto content creators and sometimes I can make the content, um, I can consume the content learn a little bit more about it and then make my own content about it in Portuguese. Um, I do this like a lot. So most of the content that I even research to make my own content, I don't look for stuff in Portuguese. I look for stuff in English. 
Um, so I feel like in English, we have a lot more information. So it's um, a lot easier for you to learn about stuff than in Portuguese. Because in Portuguese, we don't have... There, there are a lot of people, but not as many as English content creators. Do you feel the same? Yeah. I mean, you speak yeah. Portuguese so yeah yeah i i definitely i mean i read most of the the, the crypto news in portuguese and a lot of this is um you know it's kind of Just translated, translated stuff. or it's yeah. yeah it's it's uh or, and even a lot of the the you know a lot of the kind of the, the crypto youtuber guys or, or podcaster guys it's it's uh they're usually guys that like you know people like yourself like they speak english and they're kind of taking what they've learned from english and then they're they're kind of translating it to their own audience um so it's it's almost more I mean, in some ways, it's almost an advantage because you don't necessarily have to come up with your own like hyper unique niche. Like I've carved out this niche for myself in English language where I'm like, I'm the English like Brazil crypto guy, you know, um, and uh, but because every other niche, there's like somebody there's already somebody else or dozens of people doing it right where in this niche, there's nobody else doing it. So it was sort of wide open. So I just took it. Um, whereas for 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 someone like yourself, it's like you can kind of have a broader uh, remit, I guess, and talk about a variety of different things. And, uh, there's not really, there's not as much competition, I suppose. Uh, you don't have to like hyper specialize basically into one, you know, one particular thing you can kind of, uh, you have some freedom to kind of, uh, you know, expand out into different topics or, you know, you kind of, uh, with these types of products, it's like, you almost just go to wherever your, your audience will just tell you what your product is basically. Like yeah. they'll tell you what yeah. they want to hear and then you just do it. Exactly. Uh, and that's what you used to, um, happened in the beginning right because i was saying like i wanted to make like more educational content but people wanted to see more um crypto games content there i, I don't believe like right now there's a woman content creator that talks about crypto games in portuguese other than me um i i don't believe uh, there used to be um elo she's a friend of mine like every panel in brazil about crypto games and they want a woman it's me and the lopasos talking about it <laughs> no that's <laughs> yeah we, I remember the, the panel we did at ethereum rio on um, crypto games was, was yes. me and you and elo <laughs> you are exactly you're you're very, not another woman talking about crypto games in brazil so i i try to still be in that place because I, I do have a lot of like experience, like hands-on experience with the games. Yeah. And I still have a lot of um a lot of the assets. Like I'm not playing actively every day, but I still have assets on those games. So I still try to keep up with what's going on. Got it. Got it. Um so switching gears here a little bit, uh, I'd like to talk a bit more about just you know kind of diving into this world of being like an independent crypto content creator it's uh it's sort of a roller coaster um you know um <laughs> i guess to say the least uh especially in markets like this but i would just love to see you know just to kind of talk a bit about like like how how is how have you kind of gone about like developing your own personal brand and kind of trying to monetize this and trying to turn this into i mean you had sort of a you know a day job before and then now you're you've kind of built this out as like a sort of side hustle and now it's a a full on thing um, but how have you, how have you kind of, maybe talk through how you've kind of built your brand and tried to monetize that brand, um, in, amid sort of a, a, you know, kind of a difficult market right now. Yeah. It was really crazy for me to like quit my job at the bank. because I could like, I don't know, retire there if I wanted to, it was a really good job. Um, but I did receive an investment from a VC. Um, so I, I was the first like web three content creator in Brazil to receive an investment directly as a creator. Um, and that was what made it possible for me to like quit my job and just focus on content creation. 
Um, so, but it, it is really hard, especially with the market right now. Cause like when I received the investment, it was, it was still bull market. So I was making tons of money, like to talk about projects on YouTube. I was always very, um, I don't talk about stuff like just for money. Like I'm not here just for the money. Of course I'm here for the money because it's my job. Um, but I'm not like, I I turned down a lot of good offers, like good money, but bad projects, you know? Like if it's something that I look at and I'm like, mm, I wouldn't put my money in this. I don't talk about it. Like that is the main thing about me. Like, and I think that helped me a lot because um, when crypto games were on, there were people like selling YouTube videos for like $3,000 and they were talking about like crappy games and making people lose money because they were investing in games that these creators were like um, suggesting, right? Um, and I never did that. And I think that's good because people know that they can kind of trust my judgment. Like, of course, I'm not saying that I never talked about like any shitty project, but I actually lost money with the audience on the shitty project because I invested in it as well. It happens. It's crypto. You know, you never know like what's going to go on. Um, so right now with the bull market, it's a lot harder when you don't talk about just everything that shows up. Like I still receive offers like yesterday I had a meeting with a project that wanted to pay me for a video but I turned it down because it's not a project that I would invest on so I'm not going to do it um so it's a slow market not a lot of people want to invest in creators right now and when you are that picky with what you're going to talk about it's a lot harder but I think in the long run um that makes your followers trust you a lot more because you're not just getting money to like sell them like anything you know yeah it's, it's this it's just it's a question of do you take the just take the money in the short term and then sort of potentially sacrificing your long-term credibility or do you kind of go hungry in the short term in exchange for uh the long-term sort of value of the brand that you hope will eventually lead into something more lucrative in the future and uh, ultimately more valuable in the future essentially um yeah Talk a bit about, um, sorry, just, I guess just one follow-up question uh, on the, so you said you had a VC invest in you and I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever actually heard of like a VC investing <laughs> into a create, like a web, like a content creator before. Yeah. And it, I mean, not to, not to, new. yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's happened. I just, I just, I guess I've never, I'm not familiar with any other instances, but maybe, I mean, without like disclosing any, you know, sort of thing that's like overly sensitive, but maybe just talk a bit about how that arrangement works. Like how would they, like, what would the value proposition for them be? Like, how would they get a return on you, essentially? Are you like, uh, well, you know, I'm my how, brand, how right? So my brand is my name and it's me. So in case I get like really famous and I start getting a lot of money for a lot of the contracts that I close, because I do have a company, like it's not just me as a like physical person. I have a um, like a company. So the more money my company makes, the VC has a percentage of my company. So they actually make money as well. That's j just in simple terms. That's how it works. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Got it, it was it. like a startup. Like I'm a startup. They invested in me like really early stage. So I could like actually do this full time and dedicate myself to it. And in case my startup works and starts making money, they have a part of it. Okay. That's super interesting. Yeah. I mean, and that's actually, that's actually an interesting um, kind of model for, for, uh, I think for, for just trying to get more like quality people to do this type of stuff. Um, because there always is this incentive. You're like, you're like, okay, like this is going back to this kind of conundrum that we were just talking about of 
do I just take money in the short term, like short term cash grabs just to put food on the table, even though it sacrifices my long term credibility and is not it's actually like negative value that you're creating by promoting like crappy stuff. Um, but like you can, you know, you can potentially avoid that by it's like, well, if I have enough of an upfront sort of investment to, uh, you know, put food on the table, essentially and pay all my expenses and travel expenses and whatever. And uh, then I don't necessarily need to, to go down this rabbit hole of promoting crappy stuff. I can like focus on creating quality stuff, which will ultimately create more value in the long run. So that's really, that's a really cool model, actually. That's something that, you know, I would like to, if it works, I mean, I would like to like potentially see more of that just generally. Well, um, so far, so good. It hasn't been a year yet. So we're okay. still like trying <laughs> to figure out how everything works. Like even for them, it was something new. They're a VC that only invests in Web3. Um, so even for them, it was something new, but I mean, I guess it's working. The market isn't helping a lot, but everything that I've done in this past year, it, uh, if I look back one year ago, I wouldn't say that I would be doing the things I'm doing right now and go to, going to the events that I'm going right now, working with the brands that I'm working right now. So I do believe we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's a good, it's an experiment, right? But it, uh, yeah. it, hopefully this pays off in the long run. Um, do you, um, or maybe actually talk a bit more about like, I mean, you've been doing this for about maybe two, three years now, uh, kind of on a full-time basis. And maybe just talk a bit about like, what have been the biggest sort of, maybe uh, maybe pain points of being kind of your own independent brand and maybe, you know, vis-a-vis -vis some of the biggest, like, like, what do you find like most gratifying about it? And, and what do you find maybe most difficult and challenging? And maybe like, it's like, Oh man, maybe, maybe I should have stayed at my day job. You know, <laughs> we all have those kind of days, right? We did. It's really hard to like have your own company. Cause like I'm my own boss. Right. So I need to, figure out like day to day what I'm going to do, what I'm going to focus my energy on, what type of content I'm going to create. I'm not just a content creator. I, I'm a Web3 educator. So I go to colleges and I go to schools to like educate people about NFTs and Web3 and all of that. But it's just me on my company. So how much energy do I put into each one of these things that I am supposed to be doing, right? Um, so I think that's the hardest part for me. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, screw this. Like, why am I not still at Itaú, like just having a boss tell me what to do and then just doing like whatever I needed to do, like in that day, having everything like figured out, it was much easier. Like, so in that sense, it's a lot easier to just don't have to figure everything out by yourself. Like there's a lot of shit that I need to do, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> Um, so some days I get kind of crazy. Like I don't, some days it's hard to know what I need to focus on because there's just so much to do. Um, and if you have so much to do, sometimes you can't like really, sometimes you, when you see you're focused on the wrong stuff, like sometimes I've, I've done that before. Like I was so focused on like, oh, content creation, content creation. I'm creating like videos every day. But then the other part of the company where I do like these talks and um, panels and educating colleges like that also gives me money, like schools pay me for this. And I wasn't focusing on that, like I wasn't selling that product. So it, it to balance everything out is really, really hard. Uh, but the compensating part, like what I like the most about it is like the impact that the content I'm creating actually has on people. So once you one the first time I went to a in real life event, first time, I didn't even know these events like existed. Right. So it was March 2022, I think. 
Um, and I was invited to Sao Paulo. Like, they invited me to Sao Paulo to, like, a party or something. Um, I went to the party, and then on the next day, they were like, oh, there's this event. It would be nice if you if you would go. Do you want to go? I was like, oh, sure. Why not? I'm here, like, for the day. My flight is only a night. Let's go. And I always wear pink. It's something I started, like, once I um, started doing my YouTube videos, and it's kind of my personal brand now. So I decided to wear pink on the in real life event as well. Like I used to do all the videos with the pink shirt. So let's wear pink to the event. And when I went to the event, someone recognized me because I was wearing pink. They were like, oh, I heard your voice and I thought it was you. But then when I saw you wearing pink, I was sure. So it's really nice when I meet um, the people that actually follow all of my content and that have learned something from me. Like I've had people come up to me and they were like, my like you were one of the influencers that introduced me to crypto and i quit my job and now i have the job of my dreams because i work in crypto and i found out about the world like through you and other content creators so that's really gratifying like it feels like i'm actually doing something like right when i have these um approaches like when people see me and tell me like all this stuff yeah, I, I I would agree with that as well. Just as 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 a, as a fellow content creator, where it's 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 gratifying to know that like what I'm doing actually has some sort of influence and is adding some sort of value, and it's not just you know sort of meaningless um, you know paper pushing or whatever. It, but it's like when people come up and like, wow, I really enjoy your stuff. It's like really find it really valuable. It's like oh wow, like somebody actually reads me and finds it interesting. That's that's valuable, you know. It's yeah, uh, even. Like, well, maybe sometimes I used to be on live streams and there were like 100 people watching, like 100 people. But then you go to a, when you go somewhere and you see what 100 people is like in the room, it's a lot of people. Like, so it's when you see like a video with 20,000 views, and then it's crazy, right? Because you don't, when you see numbers, you don't actually um, see how that can actually impact people. And when you see like that number in front of you, it's like, wow like that many people actually watch what I do. It's, it's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's sort of like an ego massage, but it's also like, you know, I mean, it's like, Ooh, wow. Like it feels, it's like a dopamine hit, but it's also like, it, the reality is like, wow, like, like this is actually like what the content I'm creating is actually helping somebody or educating somebody. It's providing value to somebody. And, um, I think that's, I, I used to, I used to be a journalist. Well, I guess I still sort of am a journalist, but, um, you know, I was, kind of joke like the reason i ended up being a journalist instead of going to law school was that like i wanted to write stuff that people actually read right where like instead of just writing like meaningless like legal documents that nobody reads um but like writing articles and stuff even if it you know it doesn't pay nearly as well it's like well like this actually people actually like read this stuff and it like you know it, it has impact and it, and, uh, it impacts it has, more people right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and it, it, it it's uh it's creating more value you know so i always found yeah. that to be pretty rewarding even though the you know, I'm, I'm sure that I would be making a lot more money if I was a lawyer. But um, anyway, maybe there's still time, I suppose. <laughs> I would probably but, be making more money if I stayed at the bank as well. Right. But, <laughs> exactly. Well, here we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, anyway, I mean, maybe to, to kind of wrap up here, um, what are you maybe most excited about over the next kind of six, 12 months? Uh, is are you do you have anything that you're sort of any like any areas in just web three generally anything like specific to brazil that you're really excited about um anything kind of in the works for you personally or your your with your company that we should uh we should be looking up for yeah i i work with other projects as well so 
I'm a person, I can't, I do a lot of stuff like for myself or my company. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need more people to help me out. But then I start working with other DAOs and other, other projects. So I'm kind of crazy. Um, I love getting involved and I love how Web3, like we have a lot of communities and people actually like enjoy like working together, right? So I miss some of that, like working with other people. So I kind of get into a lot of communities and try to... Um, help out other projects as well so um i am really excited with all of the projects that i'm working on like we have the web3 community here in brasilia that's actually where we met like personally i think the first time um and we're trying to make a, a lot of stuff like bigger and have this community like grow here in brasilia so i think it's going to be really nice to have like a more consolidated web3 in real life community here um i have this project called Melk Dao. I'm one of the co-founders. Um, it's a educational project in Web3. Um, we have a, right now, the only product that we have is a bot on Discord where we teach people Web3 basics. So how to install a, a MetaMask wallet, how to switch networks on your MetaMask, how to verify transactions on blockchain, how to buy crypto. So all that basics. Um, and we're actually going to do our first hands-on workshop using the MelkBot DAO um, on Uniceubi here in Brasilia next week. So I'm really excited about that because once that hits, if, if everything works out, we're going to offer that product to other colleges and universities. And, well, it's going to be nice teaching people like hands-on how to actually get into crypto. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, and another pro another Web3 project that I'm on is um, BR Punky, BR Punk. So it's a crypto punk that he's a decentralized persona. Um, he's a decentralized Web3 creator. <laughs> so it's a community built of all types of people. Uh, and he creates content on Twitter. And all the content that is created and posted through there um is the community that makes so the community makes the content they pub um they send it through the discord there's this um five people that actually go through the content to make sure that the language is more like the beer punk community uh, and we're creating this brand right and i'm the one responsible to uh make all the physical products make this beer punk brand come to life so i'm really excited with the project as well it's something new for me i've never worked with that before i've done a lot of different projects but it's going to be nice making this web3 brand come to life with like real life products Very so cool. yeah that's what i'm working on right now other Very than neat. my own content creation <laughs> yeah wow wow yes yeah, so you've got a lot of irons in the fire here so to speak right lots of different yeah. uh you gotta stay busy right so uh, yeah there's always like so much stuff to do and so much stuff to get involved in it's like you know yeah it's it's uh there's no shortage of opportunity right it's just a matter of like yeah. focusing in on you know picking what you want to do and, and really diving into it um exactly well so it's been really great having you on the show here um how can folks either follow you or get in touch with you what's what's the best uh what's the best channel for that well, like I said, my focus right now is mostly on Instagram, but you can find me on any platform, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, uh, Twitch, Instagram, uh, anything. It's um, Hi Awaji. It's R-A-I-A-U-A-D. So that's my handle everywhere. Like, And even Lens Network, Lens Protocol, which is a Web3 um, 
like a web three Twitter, let's say. Right, right. Um, everywhere. My handle everywhere. is Hayao IG. Yes. Yes. Well, very unique. Yeah. There's probably not much competition for that handle. So it's no, uh, very... there's not. <laughs> 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 uh, well, great. It's been so great having you on the show. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you guys. Thank <laughs> you.